0: Okay, so a few years ago, I was at my uh, friend's surprise party in Toronto, and surprise parties are so much fun, right, because when, if you can pull it off, because the person's face is so genuinely like, oh my goodness, like truly shocked, right, Um, and it was, it was really cool because, oh, you want to hear some skills, Yeah, what can I say? A man of many talents, all right. Sorry, I think the battery just died there, so we'll just keep going. Um, so yeah, so at, at surprise party, um, and another friend that we had uh, was there, but he lived in BC, he moved to BC, we haven't seen him in a couple of years. So I kinda get there to the surprise party a little early, you know, and I'm kinda like, man, what, wow, you're here, like you flew, like, that's, that's so great. So anyways, my buddy got, gets home, and uh, it was so awesome, you know, surprise, you know, he, he's kind of in shock, this kind of thing, and then kind of the second surprise after that was the buddy from BC comes out of another room, and it's like kind of a double surprise, I'm here from BC, you know, and, and uh, the, the birthday boy, he was so happy, he was so in shock uh, to see his friend from BC, and he's kind of like looking at him like, oh my goodness, what, like, what are you doing in Ontario? And uh, my buddy from BC is like, I literally flew from BC for this birthday party, like today, like just for like a couple hours kind of thing. And I remember seeing my buddy's face like, you're kidding. And he kind of had this face of like, bro, like I miss you, but I don't miss you that much. Where like (laughs) you spent a couple hundred bucks and and he's kind of, he kind of says like, wow, I can't, I can't believe it. Like he's so happy. I can't believe you, you would, you know, spend the money. To, you know, fly from BC to Ontario, like, wow, like, in shock, you so happy, right? And, and you know, it's, it's probably like five, six hundred bucks to, you know, for both ways to BC. Um, and it's funny. My friend says, oh, don't even worry, don't even worry about it, don't even worry about the money, don't worry about the ticket kind of thing, because your wife actually paid for the ticket <laughs> to fly me out. <laughs> and you can kind of see my friend, he's got this massive grin, and then he slowly kind of, he, as he's thinking about it, realizing, wait, but if my wife bought, that's my money. <laughs> and he's also no longer like giddy and happy. He's just, and then he kind of snaps out of it. You know, it's funny when you know a friend. Like you kind of know when they're happy or not happy. And you know, you know, in that right moment, a pictures a thousand words. He's thinking. Dang it! I want to spend 500 bucks to see this guy. You know, I like him, and it's great to see him. It's, uh, but you know he, he's a good friend, and he kind of instantly put a smile back. I'm like, oh, that's so great! I flew you out here. This is awesome. You know, and his wife was being so sweet, right? For thinking of him, thinking that that's exactly what he wanted. This kind of thing. It, it, it was great. Um, <laughs> anyways, isn't money fun to talk about? Isn't money just such a fun topic? It's one of those things that, uh, you know, people get a little kind of weird about in this, uh, this kind of thing. Um, we decided here at Mountainside, our church, that we want to be, uh, you know, just, I think it was like six weeks in, up front, we're like, we're, we're going to talk about money stuff because money is important in life, uh, and we're not going to be awkward about it, we're not going to be all finicky about it, because uh, here's the truth, you can't provide food to your kids without money. Money is important. Um, you typically don't get to go to college or university without money. Uh, you can't take someone on a date without money. Uh, well, I guess you could be creative, but, you know, Pinterest or something. Uh, you can't buy clothes without money. There's certain ways that you can help people that you need money to help them, right? I think we can all agree that money is actually important in life. Uh, I'm not saying it's the, the most important thing. We need to worship it, and this guy, but, but money is important. Uh, and today we're talking about money. We're starting a new series. Uh, specifically about the concept of tithing, tithing, uh, and it has to do with money. Um, so please, please don't check out here, okay? Please don't be like, okay, I came on the worst week. Bronson said this was one of the most important weeks. I knew it. It was a trap. Like, please don't see that, okay? Um, we're not, we're not going to try to squeeze money out of your wallets. That's not what the goal is. Um, but we believe money is important, and we need to use our money wisely, and more than just even wisely, we need to use our money properly. The scripture talks about over and over and over about how there's actually uh, proper, good ways to use money. There's actually wrong, sinful ways to use money. Um, and we want to be people that use money wisely and use it properly and see it as, uh, you know, it's a gift from God, so let's use it as a gift from God. So I'm going to look at a story in the scripture about finances. Um, in my prayer is that, you know, after 25 minutes, we would every single one of us would leave today feeling a little bit more equipped uh, with with our money uh, and a little more able to honor God with our money. In because uh, the truth is, if someone has something wise to say about money, it's God, <laughs> right? And uh, so I'm not a money expert. I'm just reading some scriptures today. Okay, so let's let's jump into it. Um, the story we're talking about today is is the final story uh, in the Old Testament, right before Jesus. Uh, comes and, uh, uh, and, and jumps on the scene. And basically, this is, this is where the story kind of ends off, okay? So there's the country of Israel, and God makes his promise to Israel that he is going to make them a thriving nation, a thriving people. And he's actually going to use Israel as an example of this is what life looks like when you follow God, when you believe in God, and when you go God's way. This is what life looks like. Um, what happens, though, is that as time goes, Israel decides to go its own way instead of God's way. And, and some different awful things happen. And, you know, if you, if you know your history, there's a couple empires that kind of in the Middle East area kind of came in. They kind of took over uh, uh, Israel, specifically the city of Jerusalem. And, and then there was a couple more empires, this kind of thing. And eventually there's this empire called the Persian Empire. Uh, the biggest one in history at that point. And there's a, a, a king named Cyrus who kind of, you know, gave rise to that empire. And God puts it on Cyrus's heart that says, you know what? Even though the people of Israel have kind of been enslaved and they've been kind of shipped off as slaves to different parts of the world, God puts it in Cyrus' heart to say, you know what? The people of Israel, they can go back to their country. They can kind of rebuild. They can kind of start over. So it's kind of this miracle moment. And the people of Israel, specifically the people of Jerusalem, are thinking, yes, this is our time. We can rebuild. We had a promise that we were going to thrive in life and do well. This is our big comeback. So look what happens is uh, there's a, a leader named Nehemiah. He becomes the governor of, of Israel. And he comes and he starts you know turning the whole country around, the whole city of Jerusalem. Totally around. They build walls around the city, which, you know, that kind of represented back in those days if, if you were an established, put-together city. So they rebuild the walls, which is great. But even better than rebuilding the walls is they rebuilt this thing called the temple. The temple. And uh, basically, you know, the, the temple kind of a, it, it's a concept that we don't always use in, in Canada, right? Uh, but basically, the, the temple is how someone back in those days would become right with God. Okay, the, the, the Jewish people saw the temple as uh, the, the one intersection of, of, of heaven and earth. It's like where heaven and earth met was the temple. If you wanted to go meet with God, you would go to the temple. And basically at the temple, they'd have these, uh, these priests, these workers that would work in the temple. And the work that they did, they would in a temporary way make things good between you and God. So, so uh, you know, us as humans, we're sinning, we're, we're kind of going our own way kind of thing. So we would go to the temple, the priests would do their work, and you would temporarily be, be good with God. And, and, you know, we read later in the scriptures that Jesus eventually came and permanently made our relationship right with God. But until Jesus physically came and did that, you would go to the temple. So the temple is important. And this is how the temple is funded, okay? There was this concept called the tithe. The tithe. And what people would do is they would take 10% of their income. So that was, uh, most people were farmers back in those days. So people would take, you know, 10% of their wheat or their corn or their animals or whatever it was. And they would come in and bring 10% to the temple. And by doing this, uh, the priests were able to do their work. And the people were happy because they're they're right with God and, and just life is good. And, and, and life is thriving, and people are, are, are tithing, and people are honoring God, and this kind of thing. Life is just good. Now, don't miss this on the tithe, okay? Don't miss the real principle, and the real heart behind the tithe. The tithe, the real reason of the tithe was to help people acknowledge everything that they had was from God. That, yes, we are involved, and God involves us, this kind of thing, but, but God is the ultimate provider. And the truth is this, God didn't need their tithe. He didn't need their 10%. He's God. (laughs) Everything is his. God's not like, oh, I I, I need your money. That's not how God operates. But that was a way where people, it was this constant reminder, oh, right, I just, you know, brought in this income, 10%. I'm giving it to God. I'm acknowledging, God, this is actually from you. There's something special about giving God 10% and acknowledging the whole 100%. Is from him so uh, everyone's taking care of, of uh you know the temple they're tithing and life is just good and, and you know they're kind of on the rebound and, and they're rebuilding as a country it's so great and what happens is uh nehemiah the governor he's actually recalled back to persia he's such a quality leader that that the, the king's like nehemiah you had your couple of years there i need you back uh so nehemiah goes back and and, and things go downhill they go downhill big time um, people kind of start doing their own thing instead of God's way. Uh, you know, p- people kind of, uh, they, they stop taking care of the temple. They stop tithing. Um, and then from there, kind of everything else goes downhill. The, the priests go and work other jobs instead of their, their, their temple jobs. And the temple starts falling apart. And, and people are starting to, to think to themselves, you know, this is, this is my work that I'm doing. And this is my resources. So I'm just going to hang on to it a little bit. Um, and again the worst part isn't that the work at the temple starts the worst part is that people are no longer giving credit to where credit's due the heart the heart of tithing right um, you know there's almost this attitude of well I have all these crops because I planted the seed for these crops and I worked out in the sun for these crops and I woke up early for these crops so they're, they're my crops and kind of this attitude comes up and if I am actually honest Michael Bronson me Myself and I, if I'm honest, this is me all the time. I think this all the time, right? It's like, yeah, well, I have the money in my bank account because I worked for it. And I work hard for what I do. And I forget who provided me with the job. I forget who provided, provides me the ability to do the job. You, you know, sometimes I'll think, oh, yeah, well, oh, I, I, I'm just so proud and I'm so glad that I own a house. In this market, it's so impossible, this kind of thing. Wow, like, I must be really smart to buy a house. And I forget about how many times I was outbid (laughs) until finally it was a miracle that we got our house. Um, We forget that God was actually behind the decisions for that blessing of of owning a house. Um, We forget that we actually were getting outbid, outbid, until finally Olivia and I started fasting and praying and then, like, literally after that, then all of a sudden, miraculously, coincidentally, something was available. Uh, we, we forget that, that, yeah, we're working hard for our money and we're trying to get savings, this kind of thing, but who provides the job for the mortgage? Who arranged all that? Who provided the ability to work in the first place? Um, you know, and sorry, I'm sticking on this for a while, but I want, I want to kind of let this sink, sink in. Why is it that, that even though someone else offered more money for the house that we currently live in, for whatever reason, the owner thought, you know what? These guys offered less money, but I, we just want to give them the house. Why is that? Well, I don't know. Maybe because God is actually the provider of that house. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's this thing where I think if we took stock of our life, how many times are we taking credit for the things that we have and the things that we do? And really, if we actually saw the big picture of what actually was happening, it's like actually God was in that. God actually is blessing us. He's actually providing for us. The list goes on and on and on. And that's what you have in Israel now at this point of history. People are taking credit for what God's doing, and they're not acknowledging that God's actually the source. And, it, you know, they're forgetting that, yeah, they may have planted the seed, but who caused the sun to come up that day? <laughs> Who set the, the principles and laws of gravity that all this kind of thing have? Who, who, who created the science behind what the clouds, at this point, they'll rain? You know, who's actually the source of all this? Who actually caused the crop to grow, Israel, right? And what happens is people, you know, with this kind of mindset, cut, the society kind of starts spiraling downwards, and, and all of a sudden... Uh, People really start kind of going their own way instead of God's way, and everything starts going wrong. And, and the kind of that, that life of thriving and, and just, you know, that life of that, that God wanted them to live is look, this is the life that, that uh, this is what life looks like when you follow God. All of a sudden, it's kind of lost, you know, in, in that country. Um, so, since God loves his people and God loves people. He's thinking, this isn't right. I'm going to fix this. God, you know, God kind of intervenes. He says, I'm going to fix this. And uh, uh, he chooses this, this, uh, this prophet named Malachi. And a prophet is someone who speaks for God, right? Uh, and basically, uh, this guy Malachi goes to the people of Israel and says, hey, God has something that he wants to tell us as a country, as a city, to kind of get back on track. And, and I, I love the first message that Malachi gives to the people. He says, I just got to start with this. Before we kind of get into the list of of things that God wants to to see changed, I got to start with this. Uh, It's in Malachi chapter 1, verse 2. He uh, he says this. I have always loved you, says the Lord. And that's the message he starts with. I have always loved you. And I love, don't, don't you just love that that's who our God is? He's not some angry guy in the sky who's out to get you, this kind of thing. Everything God does is love. Pure love. That's literally who he is. That's what he is. And and kind of once he kind of clarifies that up front of hey, before we get going, I just got to make sure that you all know I love you. I've always loved you. But then the kind of the rest of this book of the Bible, Malachi, he kind of has this list of, oh, here's some changes that need to happen though in in the city of Jerusalem and in the country. And and I, I want you to understand he starts off with this because he's clarifying that everything needs to be seen with this perspective. Every time that God says, hey, this needs to change and this needs to change, it's not because he's like this anal person that's just particular for no reason. This kind of, it's, no, he loves us. And, and you know, it, it's kind of like, it, imagine your kids were doing something to hurt themselves. You'd be a bad parent if you just left them and you just let them be. No, as a parent, if you see your child hurting themselves in some way or making poor decisions, you're going to intervene and say, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. You're going to hurt yourself. And, and that's what God is actually doing them. He, and he clarifies, hey, I love you. This is why I'm doing this. And, uh, you know, we always try to talk about that here at Mountainside is God loves you right where you're at and He accepts you right where you're at. But look, he loves you too much to keep you there. He's going to change you. He's going to make you better as time goes. He's going to challenge you on things. He's going to have those moments where, hey, you need to stop doing this. Hey, you need to start doing this. That's because he loves us, because he's good. Um, And, you know, so in in the book of Malachi, you know, there's a a couple chapters where, you know, God says, hey, this has been going on. We've got to change this. Hey, this has been going on. We've got to change this. And eventually he gets to the money part. (laughs) And again, money, oh, what a fun topic to talk about, right? Um, And he calls them out on their tithing. It's like pretty, like, harsh, It's pretty harsh what he says. Look at Malachi chapter 3. It says this. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? And this is God's response. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. It's like, whoa, God, that's like a bold statement that's like whoa that's it look it gets even more intense it's like no not only are you cheating me he he goes on with this in in verse 9 it says this you are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me it's like whoa bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple if you do says the lord of heaven's armies i will open the windows of heaven for you i will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in try it get this. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for the land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. It's like, whoa, that would, like, that's intense. That is just really, really intense. And, you know, when you read, uh, you know, uh, uh, the prophets in the scripture, some, like, they just say it like it is. Like, they do not care what people say. <laughs> they just go for it. And kind of, what kind of throws me off in that, or kind of what, what kind of, I'm like, whoa, that's, that's intense, is the curses and blessing part. It's like, whoa, that's like, it's not language that you and I really use, right? It's, it's not like we really use that. And I, I, it's, he's kind of referencing more near the beginning of the Bible. There's a, there's a book of the Bible called Deuteronomy. And the author of that is this guy named Moses. He's kind of the first leader of Israel. And he's basically going through... Um, uh, ways that you can follow God and ways you cannot follow God. He basically says, look, take your pick. Curses or blessings, take, take your pick. And it's kind of referring to that, right? And, and I, I, love, uh, I love how Jesus kind of clarifies things and elaborates on, on parts of the Old Testament, though, because Jesus, in a sense, almost clarified this and kind of uh, uh, pitched this in a different light. Jesus told this analogy in this parable of, of two pathways, and you know Jesus was inspired as he was kind of writing this parable. He was inspired by, by Deuteronomy and, and what's happening here. And basically the analogy is this is that there's one road here, and it's really skinny, and it's really tough to go down. And then there's this other road. It's like massive, and everyone goes down it, and it's like super easy to go down. And, and, and the one way is really tough, and it's, that's God's way. And there's this other way, which is your own way, where you get to do whatever you want. You know, the one way is like, no, this, this is how God wants you to live. You've got to live God's way. It's really hard to do. And then there's your own way. Oh, so easy, so fun. Everyone else is going down this, this pathway. But then Jesus kind of, you know, he gives the kicker at the end. He says, oh, by the way, the, the, the path that's tough to go down, the narrow one, God's way, that leads to everlasting life. Life in its very fullest. The big path where everyone everyone's going down. It's so easy. That's leading to death and destruction. It's two two ways of living. Two end results. And uh, you know when we look at it in the context of Malachi you know, the parable of Jesus and kind of this, you know, blessings and curses, this path or this path, this kind of thing. It it kind of fits perfectly with finances. And what do finances have to do with it? Why are finances so important to God? Because finances are important to us. And the things that are important to us, God takes interest in. Because us as humans, we're, you know, this is something that dominates our thoughts, isn't it? Or at least for for, for a lot of us. Um, If we trust God with our money... It's showing that God has our heart, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Um, And I think we can agree with that. Wherever we are spending our money, that's where our heart really is. Right? At at, at the end of the day, Jesus talked about that as well. Um, And and here the prophet Malachi is connecting God's blessing in life to tithing. It's it's, it's an interesting connection. It's, It's almost like he's saying, hey, people of Israel, you haven't been thriving in life, have you? Things haven't been going your way. uh, has it been? Um, Hey, your crops are failing, aren't they? Hey, Israel, you're kind of struggling to get by. No matter how hard you work, it seems like there's never enough, right? I I, I know the solution. It's because you're not tithing, Israel. Bring the tithing. And God makes this promise that, look, if we're tithing, there will always be enough. And and more than that, there's actually going to be more than enough. And, and, you know, this, this, this is bold, what Malachi is saying, right? He's saying that God is suggesting to test him. God doesn't say that anywhere else in Scripture other than the principle and the concept of, of tithing. And God is actually daring us. Hey, test me. I dare you tithe and see what happens see what i will do with the tithe and again we need to keep this in our mind we need to keep this kind of at the forefront of the concept of tithing god doesn't care about your 10 percent. he cares about your heart but where we're spending money that's where our heart is he doesn't need your money but he he wants us to be acknowledging where our blessings are coming from that who's actually the provider in our life he wants what's best for us and there's, it's, it's funny, right? Because there's certain principles in, of life that God has just set out. And there's nothing you can do that can fight these principles. This is just how God designed it. He is sovereign. He's in control. That's what he does. So, like, uh, there's one principle he talks about where if you search for God, you will find him. If you, if you truly, with your heart, take a genuine search for God, God will show himself to you. Um, if Here's another one. If you're prideful, the time of reckoning is coming. A fall will come. If you are this arrogant, like, you know, and and I I get we all are to some extent, but it talks about how the prideful people eventually will fall. That's just a principle of God. It will, the day will come. That's, you can't fight that. And there's this other principle. If you're tithing, God has blessings set aside for you. It's just a principle of God. You can do anything you want to fight it or disagree with it or not believe in it, whatever. That's fine. But the truth is, if we're tithing, there's blessings set aside for that. It says it in the scripture. You might be thinking, oh, Bronstein, you're such a prosperity preacher, you know, this, you know, Joel Osteen style, you know, this kind of thing. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that. Actually, I'm just reading scripture. I'm just reading scripture. You, you take it up with God, okay? And then there's, there's another scripture that talks about how, um, uh, and actually, I, f- I feel a little guilty for mentioning someone's name to you, and I actually like Joel. He, he's, he's a great preacher. Um, there's another principle in the scriptures that uh, talk about if, if you're faithful with a little bit, that God will actually trust you with more. And, you know, it's almost this picture of God as an investor. Of, oh, my, uh, uh, the, the money I've given to this person has actually been used wisely, so why wouldn't I put more there? That's, as, a, as a good investor, that, that's, that's what you do. And the scripture tells us that God wants his people to be tithing, giving that 10% back to God. And I love that there's a promise attached to it, a promise of blessing. That's great. I love that principle. And and the the main kind of idea I want I want to leave you today is is this. It it rhymes, so it's really lame, but stick with me, okay? Um, Is this a tithing life leads to a thriving life. A tithing life leads to a thriving life. And what I mean by thriving life is please don't don't misinterpret this. I'm referring to the kind of life that Jesus talked about. Life in its very fullest and we talk about this a lot too life in its fullest having a thriving life it is not about having a bunch of stuff it's not about collecting more and more and more it's about being so in love with God that when he provides us with things that we use those things inevitably to help other people and then God sees that and says why wouldn't I give this person more because they're being faithful with what they have. So God gives us more. But look, not so we can use it for ourselves. So that we can keep helping others. So we can keep giving it away. So look, I'm not suggesting that if you start tithing, you'll own a mansion and a sports car and a million dollars. I'm suggesting that when we are faithful with, uh, with the tithe, that God's going to bless us because we're being faithful. Um, it's a principle that God operates by. And you can't change the principles that God set in in motion in this world. When we tithe, God will bless us. Not so that we can have more, but so we can give more away. Get this. Tithing is not about being blessed so that we get to live a comfortable life. Tithing is about being blessed so that we can help even more people. Okay, I'm going to repeat that because my notes tell me to repeat that, okay? Tithing is not about being blessed so that we get more stuff and we're comfortable in life. Comfort is not what your calling is in life, by the way. Actually, following Jesus is actually quite uncomfortable. It's actually really hard to do, and it actually costs a lot in your life. Look, tithing is not about being blessed so that, oh, look, I I can live a happy, comfortable life. That's not why we should tithe so that God can bless us. We need to be tithing so that God can bless us. So that we can help more people. So that we can give it away. And then God looks at it and says, wow, this person is being faithful with what they've been given. I'm going to give them more because why wouldn't I? They're being faithful with what they have. And, and maybe you're thinking, maybe you're thinking, that's so nice that you're talking about this and you're reading the Bible of this, but like, bro, get realistic. <laughs> How does someone tithe? that's a lot of money. It is. Maybe you're thinking, you don't know what my budget looks like. And you don't understand, like, that's just not possible. I'm just scraping by. I'm barely paying the bills. I'm barely paying rent. I'm barely making it. And to be honest, I feel like if Malachi was here, he would probably say, like, yeah, I know you're scraping by. You're not tithing. That's, like, I know that sounds really harsh, but, like, that's kind of the whole point is if we don't want to be scraping by, we've got to make sure we're we're doing that. There is a blessing with the tithe that there will always be enough. And I, know, I know this is a tough message today. And to be honest, I feel a little awkward saying it. <laughs> but I'm just trying to be faithful too. Three reasons why we should tithe, okay? Because I want to challenge you to do this. Um, number one, tithing is acknowledging that everything that we have in money is from God. That's the number of reason why why we tithe. Um, Second reason, we tithe because we have important work to do here in Binbrook. We're trying to reach the entire community for Jesus, all 10,000 people. Why not? Let's dream. Let's go for it. Let's dream big. Look, it's only happening if we're tithing. And thirdly, this is how we're going to achieve Anchor Year. We have this goal that we want to be self-sustaining by the end of the year. It only happens if everyone tithes. It only happens. Um, We have an amazing sponsor church in Hamilton that any, uh, at the end of the month, the money that we uh, lack in our budget, they, they top it up. It's, it's, it's incredible. But we want to mature as a church. We want to grow past this. Um, which kind of leads us to the kind of the real challenge of today is, is the tithing challenge. This is what I am challenging us to do. I am challenging every single person that if you call Mountainside Church your home to try tithing. And we're going to try it as a church family. We're going to do it together for 12 weeks starting April 7th. And that's a challenge, if there's a couple weeks to kind of get the budgets in order to kind of rearrange, like, you know, if there's enough time to cancel Netflix, cancel the cable, for goodness sakes, cancel the home phone, you have a cell phone, it's okay. You know, we're gonna find money in other places to make the budget work, and we're gonna tithe. Um, and, and here's the challenge. If at the end of 12 weeks, you, you are tithing for 12 weeks, and it's, you we're doing it as a church, as a family, at the end of that 12 weeks, if you feel like your tithe truly hasn't made a difference, and if you feel like God actually hasn't changed your financial situation and blessed you for it, at the end of the 12 weeks, you don't ever have to give another penny ever again. You are guilt-free. Like, you're you are off the hook. You, you're, you're good. Now, I am so convinced, I am so confident that after tithing, though, for a couple months, for a couple weeks, that, you, that uh, the way that you see tithing is going to be so radically different that, that God is going to bless you in such a radical way um, that you will never go back. You'll, you'll be a tither for life. I really do believe that. So again, we're starting this uh, April 7th as a church, a few weeks to sort kind of things out, um, and we all want to do it together. So I challenge you, go to mountainside.church slash tithe, um, and, and all the info is there. Uh, the the way to sign up kind of thing and if you're here and you're saying I already tithe I want you to sign up anyways just kind of in support because we want to get as many people kind of all at once to say wow can you believe we have this many people that have committed to take the tithing challenge Um, and maybe you've never tithed before and you're like maybe you've never given a penny now is an amazing opportunity to do this okay Um, we're also going to be sending out uh, different resources um, about tithing and budgeting this kind of thing Um, and uh, there's even there's even we're even going to give you a free book when you sign up for it. Uh, a book called The Treasure Principle. And it's just kind of how God views money and how we should view money as well. And, and I really want to get this book into as many people's hands as possible just because it's kind of going to help us see money properly the way that God does. And I'm really believing this, isn't, like, this is an exciting time for a church. I'm really believing that. Um, I've got to make a few notes just before we close here. Note number one, I do not personally benefit from any of this. Okay, I, I got to make that, I got to make that clear. Sometimes on TV, you'll see a preacher that says, bring in the offerings and the tithes, and they do personally benefit. I'm not personally benefiting, okay? Um, we have a sponsor church, like I said, that they make sure that, that my family is taken care of financially as I do this job as a pastor, okay? So it's, and they haven't put pressure on me. They haven't said, hey, you got to start preaching on tithing. You got to get, you know, get, get out of the nest. Like they haven't done that. This is all totally self-imposed of, no, this is the right thing to do, so we're going to do it, okay? Um, we're talking about this because I, I actually do believe that this is what God wants for us, and your life will actually be better for us. I truly do believe that, or I wouldn't be preaching it, honest. Um, I believe that God wants us to thrive in life, and a thriving life is a tithing life. I really do believe that. Um, another note, my beautiful wife Olivia and I, we live this out, okay? Since... since for you know, since we were married, every single Sunday morning, um, 10% of my paycheck, 10% of Olivia's paycheck, right away. That's what that's what we do. Um, when we when we sold our our house in Burlington, you know, I was talking about house before and how you know the credit goes to God. I'm telling you, Burlington the house prices is is stupid like it's like we made a lot of money on that first house that we bought in Burlington and I remember and I told this a couple years ago but I want to you know remind you again um just to be an example you know um we're we're living this out I remember looking at the 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 money that we made and I was like so like Liv do we do we tithe on this or do we just get to keep it like this is like this is awesome (laughs) and we thought about it and we really believed that that was actually from God God was actually the source of that so no, of course we're giving 10% back, reminding ourselves that no, this is completely from God, um, and we not we we not only acknowledge that it was from God with our words, but with our actions we did it, and like whew, that that hurt to do I'm telling you, <laughs> but we believe that God's blessed us since then for it. Um, I, I was talking to uh, to Aaron, our wonderful drummer today. Uh, uh, three days ago I was, I was talking to him and man. It's tithing season, man. This is going to be tough to preach. You know, it's going to figure it out. And uh, Aaron said to me, Oh, I found my career as soon as I started tithing. Tell him that. I'm like, Wait, what? Tell me more. This is good. The story's good. And so so Aaron uh, had been looking for a job for 11 months, almost a year. Um, And at, at the time, he was working at Walmart. He enjoyed his Walmart job, it was great. But he actually had his master's in like engineering or science, something smart, you know. And, and, and he's kind of like, I, I should find a job in my field that I've got my master's for. For 11 months, looked, um, he started tithing. And uh, it was like two or three months later, all of a sudden, boom, the career falls in his lap. It's like, oh. And if you ask him after service, he'll, he will say, oh, no, it's because I started tithing. God provided that job because I started tithing. Um, uh, Clayton, who's on staff here. I remember we had a conversation and he was saying, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not tithing consistently, but I'm going to start consistently tithing. And like three weeks later, a position opened up here at Mountainside and, and Clayton was kind of next on the list to hire. And there's an extra fine, like, like weeks later. And, and I, I'm telling you, there are story after story after story in this room of like 80 people of this happening. I, I remember um, when I was in Bible college, uh, you know, I worked my butt off at Price Chopper, it Rest in peace, Price Chopper, right? Um, I, I remember I'd get the paycheck, and I really just wanted to put 100% of it towards paying off school because I did not want to graduate with debt, and I remember kind of having the argument and thinking, no, no, I've got to give 10% back to God first, pay off the debt with the rest. And I'm telling you, I graduated school, no debt, but look, look, I did the, I did the math on paper. Like, it didn't make sense. How it was debt free, like it did, like it did not make sense. How it was all paid off, but somehow there was you know this random grant and this random person donated and this guy. It's just like okay, that's awesome. I'm really glad I tithe. Instead of trying to do it on my own, I'm telling you, there's a blessing with the tithe. And look, we don't tithe because God needs it. We don't tithe uh, because you know the church is selfish. And we want your money. This kind of thing. No, we tithe because it's acknowledging that the money that we have is from God, and we have important work to do, and the only way we're going to get to anchor you is if we do this, okay? Final note, and then, and then we're done, okay? Um, if you don't call Mountainside Church your home, this is a really interesting week, and I'm glad you're here because you know our heart, but we don't want your money, okay? This is for people that call a church, Mountainside Church, their home. Um, if you're just figuring out the God thing, don't sweat it, okay? Don't sweat it. Um, although... Maybe that's how God's going to show himself to you. Maybe you're going to say, okay, apparently this God, I don't know if he's real or not, but he says, test me in this, and there's going to be extra blessing. Okay. And maybe that's your, a part of your story, actually. Maybe. I don't know. Um, and, and the, you know, we, we talked about the principle of if you search for God, you find him. If you tithe, you're blessed. If you're arrogant, there's a humbling coming on the way, this kind of thing. There's just one more principle I want to share with you. It's this. When we put our faith in who Jesus is, We are made right with God. We are made right with God. Um, And I want to let you know, way more important than tithing is the story of Jesus. The story of Jesus. That God loves us so much that he sent his only son from heaven to earth, Jesus. And Jesus died on the cross. And three days later, he rose again. Um, And when we believe that that story is true, that Jesus actually loved us so much that he took our mistakes and our sins and he put it on himself and then three days later, he rose again. When we believe it's true, that God actually does love us, look, we can have a relationship with God. And I mean, that first verse from Malachi, where it says, hey, I have always loved you. Don't forget it. If there's one thing to remember today, really, it's, it's that. It's God loves you. He values you. Um, I want to encourage you, if you have never made a decision to say, okay, God, I believe that story is true. I want a relationship with you. I encourage you, make that decision today. That's the the whole point of why we're doing what we're doing. It's the whole point of why we're we're doing what we're doing. And it's the whole point of why we need to get anchored. You're done. It's to spread that message, spread that message over and over, okay? A tithing life leads to a thriving life. So let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that uh, you've given us example after example in the scripture about how you love us, how you actually want to bless us in life. And again, we... I pray that we have a clarification of what blessing is. It's not us collecting stuff so we can live comfortably. You bless us so that we can help others. Not so we can live comfortable, but so we can live our callings. And God, I pray that goes deep, deep, deep into our heart. I pray we all have uh, just your way of thinking when it comes to this. We love you so much, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm... Now, this is always a little awkward after <laughs> preaching on money to like, we're now collecting the money. So, um, uh, but I'm going to invite the ushers forward. Um, there's a couple ways you can give here at Mountainside Church. Uh, we have an iPad at the back. You can give digitally. Uh, you can give through cash or check here through the buckets. Uh, or you could go to our website um, instead of recurring giving and that kind of thing. Um, I want to remind you, too, uh, the corner over here, we have the prayer corner. If you have any prayer requests at all, um, you could be as specific as you want, as vague as you want. Uh, there's going to be a team of people over here that will pray with you at the end of service, uh, just because we believe God wants to answer prayer. Um, and as the bucket's passing, um, I'm just going to grab this real quick. So this is Anchor Year. Okay, um, we want to do every month for the rest of the year. Uh, I want to give you an update on how we are doing with Anchor Year. Um, and basically, the, the concept of Anchor Year, it's, it's a goal that we set for 2019. It's kind of the vision of what we want this year to be. Um, it's for Mountainside Church to be self-funding by the end of 2019. Um, and from there, we can then uh, 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 have our own charity number, being an autonomous church, kind of not, no longer connected with our sponsor this kind of thing. Um, so uh, that's kind of the goal so we want to every month from this point on is give you a little update of how we're doing with our goal this kind of thing just to kind of keep it fresh in our mind and this kind of thing Um, so I guess we can get right to the numbers there Um, so I'll move this back so you can see the screen perfectly Um, okay so every single week we need to bring in $3,300 okay Uh, and we talk about this at partnership meeting too Uh, if you're not a partner this will be really fresh for you. Um, to some churches, that's like, oh, please, that's all you need to make. And some churches are like, whoa, you guys are millionaires. You know, for, for us, it's it's a lot of money. Um, so in 2019 so far, the average per week has been uh, $2,337, um, which is actually pretty great because we're actually under $1,000 every single week so far. Like we're, we're less than $1,000 away from actually meeting our anchor your goal so that's actually really really exciting for uh you know for being a church that's not even three years old yet um and then i'll give you just an update on january and february Uh, we brought in twenty one thousand dollars thirty five dollars um in those two months and we needed to bring in if we met our anchor your goal twenty nine thousand seven hundred dollars so again the little thermometer here sorry this is kind of blocking the way now sorry um So that's actually 70% of our goal. So that's actually really good. We're two months in to anchor year, two and a half months into anchor year. And uh, this is kind of where we stand at the moment. So our dream is we're going to get that to the full 100% even beyond that. Uh, So I just want to kind of commend you and say thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, This is a very strong start. Um, in one month, we'll give you kind of the update for, you know, this is how much money we needed to bring in in March. This is how much we actually brought in. Here's the average giving in 2019, this kind of thing. Um, and I just want to challenge you the most effective way of meeting this is just by tithing um, and by going online, setting it up, recurring giving. Because, um, again, we're really believing 2019, this is anchor year. This is Anchor Year. This is our Anchor Year. Um, We're establishing ourselves as a church, you know, with the kind of boat analogy. We're doing good work, casting the net out, but we got to drop the anchor. And uh, I believe we're on our way. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to get there. So we'll give you another update of Anchor Year in a month. And uh, other than that, God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for... uh, Thanks for being a a great group of friends and not making me feel too awkward talking about this stuff. Because it it, it can be awkward sometimes, but I think it's it's important because it's good for us, okay? God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much.
1: start before the beginning of time with no point of reference you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life and as you speak a billion galaxies are born In the vapor of your breath the planets form And if the stars maze made to worship so lie God of your promise Don't speak in vain, no syllable empty On a hill you created The light of the world Abandoned in darkness to die And as you speak A hundred billion things disappear your life, so I
2: So,
3: I've been strong and I've been broken with the moment. I've been faithful and I've been reckless at every bend. I've held everything together and watched the shatter. I'm still tall and I have crumbled in the same. I have wrestled and I have trembled to surrender. Chase my heart of drifting, drifted home again. Plundered blessing till I've been desperate to find redemption. And every time.